0: Hi, and welcome to We Can Be Real. I started this podcast because nothing makes me happier than connecting with people that I know and love and getting to share experiences and insights with people that I'm meeting here for the very first time. I'll share my own stories and invite guests to join me in conversations that will hopefully make us laugh, make us feel seen and understood, and will come away with more knowledge and information that can help us in one way or another. Here we go. Hi, and welcome to We Can Be Real. This is part two of the episode that I did last week about having difficult conversations. I put it out there on Instagram, and I asked people to reach out to me and give me some different scenarios, and I got a lot of really interesting and great responses. At the end of the day, though, my takeaway, which you'll hear today, is that it really does start and end with what I discussed last week as the sandwich model, which I'll reiterate today, which is you start the conversation with, well, first you start off by understanding why you're doing it. As I said last week, if this relationship is important to you, whether it's professionally important to you, it's a boss, a coworker, or if it's a family member, a friend, a child, it's an important relationship that you want to try as hard as you can to see if you can come to some peace and understanding. Sometimes those conversations are not always going to go well. And I said last week, if the conversation doesn't go well, it may be that this person is not going to be in your life forever. Well, I want to just have one little quick disclaimer or one little star to that, which is unless it's a family member. We all have people in our family that you're keeping them no matter what, whether it's a brother, a sister, a parent even, A child that has disappointed you, most likely, unless things go tragically wrong, you're going to try and overlook. And family, to me, is different. It doesn't mean we put up with a toxic relationship and you see that person less. Sometimes you have to even let go of of a family member if the relationship is toxic. But it is different for me with family. You stay connected unless the relationship is really hurting you and then you distance a lot. And sadly enough, sometimes you have to distance completely. But that's the, the the one little version of this that is different for me than friends, coworkers, clients. It is different, and family. You you kind of try as hard as you can to stay attached to them, even though it may be different than you hoped it would be, and you separate, but with some still connection that you have, if you if you can. So first decide, is this a conversation that you need to have because it's getting in the way of the relationship? And when you go into the conversation, make sure that your attitude is checked. Check it at the door. If you are super, super, super angry, then you need to wait. You need to wait. You need to pause. It could be a day, hours, a day, a week, two weeks. Don't go into the conversation when you are super heated up and angry chances are your emotions are not balanced and it, it's not going to go as well as you thought. So the first thing is to be in the right mindset to have this conversation. And a nice way to start is, hi, I wanted to tell how are you? You know, whatever, whatever. Uh, you first get on the phone and say hello, or you're with the person face to face. And I think something like, you know, I, I care for you so much. I wanted to reach a better understanding about something that I see is going on with us. I think that is such a soft, gentle way to do it. Make them your partner in this. And I think that is so respectful. If someone came to me that way, hey, something's going on between us, something I wanted to talk to you about, and I want to get to a better understanding so that we can be on the same page immediately. Well, I'm thinking, wow, they're not attacking me. They're not asking me to apologize for something. They're coming to me because they want to have a conversation about something that we can make better. So I think that that's, a terrific way to do it acknowledging them and you want their input it's not a one-sided street here it's not a one-sided conversation you're going to be asking them for their point of view so as i said last week the sandwich model which is after you know answering a lot of dms from people and emails from people really basically and i jumped on the phone with a few people actually about this it does come down to every single conversation in my opinion and the advice that i gave to those that reached out to me it really does start and finish the same way with the sandwich model. So you start with the sandwich model, the bread, the carb, the yummy bread. Oh, it's, I want to talk to you about, you know, hi, you know how important you are to me. You know how much, if it's a, a boss, you know how much I learned from you, how much I like my job, a friend, you know how much I love this relationship, a child, you know how much I love you, whatever it is. You start with the yummy part, the carb, the delicious, nice, warm Welcome to the conversation. And then you get into, yes, I love you so much, because I love you so much, because you're so important, I wanted to talk to you about something so we could come to a better understanding about something that's going on for me in this relationship. And I will go through some of the scenarios that people reached out to me about. And then you get to the meaty part, and then you ask them, you know, what do you think about this? How do you think we can handle this? Really bring them into it. And end with that, end with, what do you think we can do? You know, important you are. I'm so happy we could talk about this because you, this matters to me so much. So it's a sandwich. It's the good, yummy part, the bread, then the hard stuff in the middle that's uncomfortable. And then it ends with the sandwich, the bread part. And I think that, you know, someone emailed me and said, because I had written a post that said something about that. It's not fair to the relationship. And she wrote, you know, what's fair? You know, LOL. And. I mean fair in that it's not fair. Even if someone has hurt your feelings, wronged you in some way, if you're in a relationship with them, I don't think it's fair to the other person to pull away and not let them know what's going on for you. That seems unkind to me. And if I hurt someone or I make someone angry or disappointed, before they leave me or leave the friendship, I would so want to know what I did to make them leave. I've had that in the past. I I had that with, you know, two people that I can think of right now that I'm not exactly sure why they pulled away. And I have asked and the person didn't share with me, but two people and that leaves me, uh, I'm fine. I'm over it now and it's okay. I've (laughs) certainly gotten past it, but that leaves me with a loss. Wow, that ended. I wonder what I did. I wonder how. I, I, don't, I don't like wondering. I like, as Brene Brown says, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. I would like to know clearly what I did. So I bring that to my relationships. You know, when I feel myself pulling away, that's not fair to that person. They've obviously been important to me. I owe it to the relationship and I owe it to that person to be kind and say, this is why I'm pulling away. We should talk about it, blah, blah, blah. So they all start and end the same way. So a couple of different scenarios. Someone asked me, I have a friend that's really, really negative. And she's bringing her negative energy to me. What do I do? How do I have that conversation? So my advice to her, this is only my opinion and my advice. And that does not mean anything more than what you want to take from it. I said that if it were me, I would call the person up or next time we were on the phone, I would say, you know how much I love you. You know that you know I, I'm here for you. I care for you. I hear a certain sadness and a negativity coming from you. And I would love an opportunity to talk with you about that. If she says, absolutely not. I don't want to talk about my negativity and just wants to dump it on you. Then it leaves you room to say, okay, you may not want to talk about it, but I can call you and I can be in an upbeat mood and you're dumping your stuff on me and it's upsetting me, it's bringing me down and I am not a selfish friend. However, if you're not going to work on your stuff and share it with me or have me help you or reach out to a professional for help, it's really hard for me and it's really bringing me down and I love you very much and I care about you and our friendship but I'm going to have to take a back seat. I don't want to distance myself, but it's, it's a lot. It's a lot on me and I have to protect my own emotions. That's how I would do that conversation. And I know that sounds possibly a little harsh and I don't mean to come off that way, but I really am a believer in, do I make myself happy or do I make someone else happy? And that doesn't mean I'm selfish. My children wouldn't say I'm selfish. My clients, my friends, I'm not, but I do take care of myself, which you're supposed to do, you know, oxygen mask on first. I'm a believer in that. You know, we're all fighting here. I I fight all the time to be happy and to do the right thing for myself, to give myself a good life, as we all should. If someone's energy is taking from me all the time, that's not healthy and that doesn't work for me. So that's how I would have that conversation. Another conversation that someone said that they asked me, okay, someone at work, a coworker is not pulling their weight and they're getting all the credit, the same as my client actually, that is doing most of the work. The coworker is her work. It's falling through the cracks, falling onto to my client and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't want to go to the boss because that feels petty and she's not a tail or a, doesn't want to rat someone out. If that doesn't work for her, she's a lovely person, but she also feels that she's being taken advantage of. So my advice to her, again, sandwich model. You know, we've worked together for years. You know, there's been so much that I value about our work together. I notice something's going on with you. I'd love to talk to you about what I'm seeing and what I'm sensing. You know, you can't say something must be going on for you because you you don't want to take that on and that's, you know, overstepping. But I would say something like, I've noticed that a lot of the workload is falling on me and you're getting credit for doing the work that I've been doing, and it's not fair, what can we do to remedy this so that I don't feel put upon? Okay, then the person may, if they're hostile and angry, then, you know, that's kind of a deal breaker. You can't, I would never put up with someone yelling at me. I would even say, this is a conversation. Please don't get heated. Please don't raise your voice because I'll never sit on the phone or be with someone that's going to be nasty to me, that I won't do. That's a confrontation and you're coming with peace and love. So I would share my feelings around it. Ask, you know, do you want to talk to me about something? Can I help you in any way so that you are more, what can I do to make it easier for you so that the work is doable for you? I would offer help and assistance, ask for a conversation around it and end with, I hope that this conversation is helpful for you too. And can we get into a better place with this? That's my advice about that one. Now it's hard for me to do this without, you know, there's so many if thens, you know, what if the person says this or that? Obviously I'm having a one-sided conversation here. So this ask of having people email me and DM me wasn't quite the way I thought it would be because I'm giving advice based on one side of a conversation, but this is how I would start the conversation. That's how I would go in. I can't say what's gonna happen after that because I don't know what the other person's going to say in response to that. Another person asked me, what do I do when my child is engaged and marrying someone that I don't think is gonna make her happy in the long run? Now, that's a really tough one. What I would do, I would say to my child, this is kind of easy but not easy because you're coming with truth you're coming with the truth is I love you so much. You're my child. I think the world of you. I think you're absolutely wonderful. And I want to talk to you about, you know, I know you love blank or whoever. And I, as your mom, I'm concerned about certain things that I'm seeing in the relationship. I know it is my duty as your mom. I feel it is my duty as your mom. I don't want to overstep, but I need to share with you some of my concerns. Your child may say, you know, screw you, mom. I'm getting married. You know, in six months. I don't care. I hope the child doesn't say that they might be hurt. They might cry. But at least you know. And then obviously end with I, I let's. You know, we don't have to discuss this again if you don't want to. But I love you. I wish only the best for you. And I need to say this. And difficult as it is, tension, tears, crying, shaking, all of those things. I know that this mom really wants to express it, and she's afraid that her child is going to be angry with her. But how will this mom feel if down the road, things don't end the way her child wanted them to? And she knew all along her gut was that this was not going in the right direction. My mother said to me before I married my first husband, she did it. She had that difficult conversation with me. I didn't listen. She said, Ellen, I love you so much. I think so-and-so is a lovely person. You have a nice relationship. I don't know if he's going to be enough for you. She said it. And listen, it turns out that he left me. <laughs> but she did say it to me. And I said, No, mom, he's wonderful. He's sweet. He's that. But at least my mom knows, and I know that she tried. And I was not mad at her. I heard her. I, it was a conversation. And I, I wasn't angry with her for doing what she thought was her job. And I, I respected it. I, I had no anger. That was me, and that was my mother. I don't know that it will go that way for this person. But I do know that I think that it's important. I would feel the need as this mother does. I would have the need to have that conversation as difficult as it is. I think it's our responsibility as a parent. If you see your kid making what is potentially a big mistake, I think that's fair. This is personal. I'll share this one too. Another difficult conversation that I had. My husband and I have a a house outside of New York City and we entertained back in the day often. And someone called. It was a holiday weekend. They were coming for Friday and Saturday night. The person called and said, hey, listen, I know we're coming for two nights. Three would be better. Uh, You know, we'll beat the traffic. We'll do this. Are you okay with that? And I wasn't okay with that. And when I repeated the conversation to other friends, I said, how did you have the nerve? I would have just had to say, okay. And it was one of those. Do I make him happy or do I make myself happy? And I wanted... A lone night with my husband before we had company. That's what I wanted. It was nice enough to offer an invitation for the weekend. The weekend wasn't three nights, that wasn't the invitation. So I had to, and this is this was hard. And I had to disappoint this person. And when you say something to someone that you care about and you know this difficult conversation is going to disappoint them, that's hard for me. I don't want to disappoint anyone that I care about or anyone. That, Anyone at all, but particularly people I really care about, of course, I had to say, I said, listen, I know that works for you. And, you know, I'm glad that you feel comfortable to ask, but Gary and I really want one more night alone before we entertain. And then he said, so this is an if then that really actually happened. He said, well, it really would be better. And my wife and I were working really hard, three nights would be better. And then I had to again say, I hear what you're saying but it's really better for us who also work hard to have one night alone before we entertain. I'm sorry that I'm disappointing you. I'm sorry it's not going to work, but that's the best that I can do. And I had to sit with the few minutes. Finally, he said, okay, I hear you. He was not happy. He might've gotten off the phone and said to his wife, oh, what a bitch. I can't believe it. Or whatever, whatever he said, I had to be okay with that because if I said yes, Again, difficult conversation. If I said yes, he would have come, they would have come, and I would have not been happy. And don't I, in my own home, my invitation, I had the right to be happy, and I wanted two nights of company, I should have two nights of company. It wasn't a favor, it wasn't, so that was another difficult conversation that I was able to have. I did it, we're friends, it was 10 years ago, we're still dear friends, and they're coming again. But... I had that conversation as awkward as it was. So I, I hear this all the time from people that they're really stuck. And most of it is I hear, I don't wanna hurt their feelings. That's really what it comes down to oftentimes. Well, they're afraid that they're gonna, a person's gonna be mad at them, but oftentimes it's they don't wanna hurt anyone's feelings. And I really do understand. I sit, I actually pinch my own arm when I have to say something to someone over the phone that I think may disappoint them, I pinch my arm while I'm doing it and grimace my face. I sort of grimace. I squinch my face up because it is uncomfortable, but I am going to do it anyway because I don't want to regret anything and I don't want to do something that I'm going to be angry with or not as happy. So that's how I handle it. I have these conversations. They don't scare me anymore and I really work with my clients a lot around this. It is definitely a recurring theme. I hear it all the time. So if anyone wants to reach out, you know, I'm sure this will come up again. I'd like to actually do a live taping one time or a taping where someone is actually on and I have a conversation and I can play that as an episode. I have all these great ideas. So that might be something that we do. I can coach someone around that and I can have you listeners you know, listen to that, that might be really super interesting if someone's willing to do it. So keep DMing me, keep reaching out. I love it. I love the feedback. And thank you so much for listening. And I'm glad everybody seems to be enjoying it so far. So I'll see you again next week. Thanks again. Bye bye. If you like what you're hearing and would like to work with me, you can reach out through DM or email at Ellen G. Schweitzer at gmail.com. Unlike many coaches, I don't have packages that I sell and people have to commit to three months of working with me. My feeling is people come session at a time. If you're finding value in our sessions and want to keep coming back, then you do. I help people with loneliness, developing healthy habits, self-esteem and grief or anything else that makes us human again, you can reach me through DM or at Ellen G. at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to We Can Be Real. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would be so happy and appreciative if you would leave a review wherever you listen. Like and follow the show and share it with someone that you think would enjoy it too. To learn more about the podcast and about me, find me on Instagram at Ellen Schweitzer underscore life coach or my website, ellensweitzer.com. See you next week.